Hi guys, welcome to the Patient Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Connor, aka Is That Pixel. Um, today's episode, we're going to be looking at Bioshock, probably one of my favourite games of all time. So, Bioshock um, sort of incorporates ideas of 20th century, 20th century sorry, dystopian and utopian thinkers such as in Ram George Orwell and Aldous Huxley, I think I'm pronouncing that right, as well as historical figures such as John D. Rockefeller and Walt Disney. Um, Walt Disney, you can definitely see that influence there with uh, the main series antagonist, uh, Mr. Andrew Ryan, the founder of the City of Rapture, and it's very interesting um, when you do go into why he formed the City of Rapture, but um, we can touch on that, you know, definitely. The, the story section. So basically, Bioshock is set in the 1960. The player guides the character of Jack uh, after his airplane crashes in the ocean near this like lighthouse, uh, which is like a bathosphere terminus. Um, for those who don't know, a bathosphere is like this little submarine thing that um, everyone around Rapture sort of drives around like sort of 1950s cars. Uh, it's a really cool sort of design. We actually go look up. Various bathsphere designs. It's literally just a culmination of um, yeah, 1950s automobiles and submarines. It's just really cool, you know, that that design, this uh, 1950s and sort of Art Deco is uh, you know it's pretty consistent throughout. But um, anyway, so basically, this city, um, underwater city of Rapture, was built by a business magnate known as Ryan. So it's basically designed to be this intended, uh, it was intended, sorry, to be this isolated utopia. Um, but discovery of these slugs which contained this genetic material called uh, Adam, and uh, it was used to grant superhuman powers, and this sort of started, it basically turned everyone into crackheads. That's the way I'm going to put it. Um, it turned everyone into crackheads. Basically it gave you super human crackheads, effectively. Drug addicts that could shoot fireballs from their hands, and you can obviously understand where this everything would go downhill from there. Um, so basically you try to escape, uh, fighting through hordes of, like I say, these sort of Adam-obsessed enemies and the iconic deadly big daddies, which are probably one of my favourite, I guess, boss now, not even boss, they're just enemy design, I think they're fantastic, they look like just big dudes in diving suits with drill for arms or you know they got ratchet guns you know these are supposed to be industrialized workers that have been effectively lobotomized and teamed up with these uh, little sisters which i probably should mention were the ones that harvested those slugs um in order to produce this adam stuff to give to all the all the, the drag addicts as i previously mentioned so basically you go through the game you know um either saving or harvesting these little sisters in order to get upgrades etc so you got some more of like a sort of morale uh, moral sorry moral compassing on how you want to tackle the various situations and um, so you can defeat foes in a sort of several different ways by using weapons utilizing um plasmids which is basically the harvested form of this this uh, substance called adam and these give you sort of unique powers, such as I was saying, like, you know, shooting fireballs, shooting ice, and, you know, you can tackle the game in uh, various different ways, from hacking, um, you also get plasmids that give you the ability to uh, hack the actual city's defences against the enemies, which is really cool. 
so that's a really really nice feature uh, right there so sound design throughout the entirety of this game from start to finish the sound quality is fantastic now throughout this episode you will be hearing sort of various different themes and uh, music throughout the game um, Bioshock has sort of, sort of film noir feel to it anyway but you really do get the feeling of things are run down things are falling apart in Rapture they're not great you can hear glass underfoot that's broken down rubble um, sort of leaking pipes everything to make you really think that this city which is thousands of feet under the water is collapsing things are not going great in Rapture um, the actual music as well you know, gives off somewhat of film noir feel. You know, you got those sort of art deco, art deco themes right there, um, with you know, sort of artists at the time, be it Dorothy Martin or Frank Sinatra, which you actually do hear uh, play on, uh, you know, xylophones, record players throughout the game. One of the really significant scenes, I actually will say, is where. Your character comes across the sort of 1960. I believe it is 1960. Yes, it is 1960. Uh, New Year party, which Andrew Ryan and all the sort of elites in the city were all having before everything went belly up, shall we say? Um, and you got, you know, the main theme that you will be hearing. You know, the somewhere beyond the sea. She's there waiting for me. Um, fantastic track by Dean Martin, and that that really sets the scene uh, for the game there. So, now that we've got all that out of the way, and you have a sort of general understanding of Bioshock, and I think this is a part of the show where I generally just ramble, more or less, or try not to ramble, um, really, but I love this game. Um, I don't know if you could tell, I've probably said it about five times now, I do really enjoy the Bioshock series, particularly the first game, um, and you know, we'll talk about it in future episodes, I'm thinking, you know, splitting into three parts and doing... You know, episode 2 on the second game, and episode 3 on Bioshock Rapture. Which I'll probably say, you know, spoilers already for future episodes, but that is probably one of my favourite um, in the series is Rapture. Um, great game. But focusing back on the first game, Bioshock 1 for me, that was the first time I had played such an atmospheric game. And such a... Man, I don't even know how to describe it. Just atmospheric, just ambient, and... You know, I, I, it was the first time I'd kind of come across such a fantastical game setting. And when I say fantastical, you know, I don't mean, you know, token-esque fantasy or science fiction, you know. Nothing like that, but just such an original concept of this dystopian nightmarescape, basically. Um, you know, if you stick all these people under the sea in a sort of, say, capitalist regime, um, you know, sort of capitalist utilitarian, utilitarian, rather, sorry, utilitarian, um, you're going to have problems. There's going to be problems throughout, and you can really see that. And from the moment you step into the lighthouse, you are introduced to a big statue of, I believe it is Andrew Ryan, actually, and you get the banner saying, uh, you know, no gods or kings, only man. And, and since I was probably about 14, 15, that quote has always stood with me. Um, that it's just yeah, it's just an impressive game. I would say to you guys, go out, get a copy. Um, I'm sure it'll be probably pretty cheap on Steam. Um, the HD collection is out. 
if you do want to give that a pickup, um, which is really nice because you do get all the downloadable content as well, which is worth the pickup, especially in the second and third game where you get some sort of alternative storylines or um, some expansions and and on the storylines and different themes in the games and uh, stuff, you know, stuff like the origin stories of the Big Daddies, which is really cool as well. But I mean, gameplay-wise, fun. I I can't. I would say the first game hasn't aged as well, say, as 2 is free. Uh, I will say that, you know, the first game certainly it can seem kind of stiff and not as fluent as l games later on in the series. Um, ironically, you don't you feel stiffer than a, a big daddy in the second game, which you'd assume a guy in a big diving suit would feel quite stiff, but hey, that's just whatever. It's a, it's a product of its time. Yeah, I'd probably say it would feel it feels kind of stiff sometimes. Um, it feels stiff in the sense that you know you just feel kind of clunky, um, or maybe I'm playing it wrong. I don't know, but I've always found not so much when I started playing it because again you know, it was a product of its time. But definitely when I replayed it this year, so this this game is fairly fresh in my memory. It did feel quite, dude. I don't want to say clunky. Clunky is probably the wrong word for it. Just like a little bit stiffer, you know, stiffer animations, etc. But I had a lot of fun with it, and I think playing the HD collection it allowed me to sort of look at it again with fresh eyes. Um, you know, I wasn't wearing nostalgia glasses. Let's just say when I when I replayed the series, um, Bioshock One, it just blew me away. I felt like you know I felt like I was a teenager again. And I was just reliving this experience and viewing this for the first time. Now I won't give away the spoilers because I do think it is well worth um, talking about. <sighs> I'm gonna give spoilers. Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna give spoilers. Right, spoilers ahead. But I think I kind of fall into the category as well, and it's hard when something's existed for 10 years and you see spoilers and memes and all this sort of stuff and references throughout, it's hard not to say. But I will say this, Bioshock has one of the biggest twists I've probably come across in most storytelling medium, okay, whether it be video games or films, whatever, you know, cinematography, it's an art. Okay, Bioshock's an art. I think it's just a classic case of... I'm going off a bit of side tangent here, but... Classic case of video games should be looked as an art form. And I think I might do a future episode on that. But I would actually fully say Bioshock is a shining example of this. Now, sports <laughs> Story spoilers. If you please. Oh, no, sorry. Would you kindly. That's it. Not if you please. That's a knockoff version. If you would you kindly, that is said throughout the game. Now it's subtle; you don't pick up on it first. But towards the end of the end, you find out that you are a—I want to say a clone. I'm gonna go with clone. It's been—you know—I'm trying to remember. I think it's a clone. Yeah, we're gonna roll with it's a clone. And it turns out, you know, you crashing in the ocean from your plane and all this sort of stuff was all set up. The guy who's on the radio to Atlas, who you think, you know, you try to save his daughter and stuff like that, and he wants revenge on Andrew Ryan. It turns out, you're Andrew Ryan's son, and Atlas was Frank Fontaine, who led this almost like People's Revolt. People's Revolt, pardon me. Against the people uh, of Andrew Ryan. 
as and you know people have, that followed under Ryan and his elites etc and he really wanted to take over Rapture um, and you know change it from this capitalist regime to maybe something else like I don't know if it was communist or just something a bit more fair in his eyes but really I think he just wanted wanted power so throughout the game you are shown this would you kindly would you kindly do this would you kindly do that and that's like a trigger phrase and when you find that out you then have to go to Andrew Ryan and he introduces the concept or rather the amazing quote a man chooses a slave obeys and that's probably the consistent theme throughout this game it's you as a player and this is ironic well it's not ironic I don't know how I can really word this but you as a player would you kindly you're you're controlling the character it's it's almost like a metaphor that's it a metaphor for gaming would you kindly do this would you kindly do that you know no one really has a choice you're just going through the motions but a man chooses and a slave obeys that's the main difference in life you know you you do make choices and really that's the fantastic thing about Bioshock it's like this really interesting philosophical experience when in reality it's a first person shooter you know, it's a survivor horror first-person shooter. It's only way I really describe it, but yeah, it has this deep, profound, philosophical experience. And truly, you know, again, I'm gonna probably do a future episode on it. You know, um, where video games should be looked as an art form. But really, this for me, this is a shining example of why video games should be viewed as art. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was our first episode on the podcast. Do me a favor, do yourself a favor, go play Bioshock, okay? Like I said earlier, probably dirt cheap on Steam, um, you can pick up the HD collection where you will get all three games, but yeah, and that's the first Bioshock, a uh, fantastic game, like I say, just a fantastic experience, and in the next episode we'll be looking at Bioshock 2, and maybe you know, the sort of stark differences between the two games, but also similarities. Okay, this is Connor, signing out. Sayonara and goodbye. Thanks for listening, guys. You can find me on any podcast listener, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave a like or a view. Uh, it will helpfully help me keep the show going. This was my first episode. And if you do want to follow me, I will post links to my Twitter and my Instagram below where you can follow me on Twitter, is that a pixel? And on Instagram, the pop culture. Uh, preserver where I post mainly like, sort of gaming content such as uh, my game collection and board games and all that various good stuff anyway this is my first episode I do appreciate you guys listening and hopefully there'll be more episodes to come alright peace out